0: Ephesians 5, let's, let's kick off with verses 8 and 9. And keep in mind, we've just gone through some really tough verses uh, about what you should not be doing. And uh, and so, uh, and, and he's just literally said, don't be about that. Don't join in those activities that are in opposition to God. And in verses 8 through 9, 8 and 9, it says this For at one time you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of life of light is found in all that is good and right and true. So Paul contrasts a person's life before salvation versus after salvation. And to illustrate that point, he uses darkness and light, right? Now, darkness, we think evil, sin, light, God, and good. Uh, right? And, and, and we see light uh, and darkness, and, and we see that imagery uh, used elsewhere in the New Testament. It was also uh, common in uh, Judaism. And so uh, we see that before coming to Jesus, before coming to Jesus, if you're a Jesus follower and you're uh, participating right now uh, in our um, online gathering, before that, your behavior was characterized by darkness. See, we were before Jesus. We were we were children of darkness. It says we read earlier uh, a week ago how children of wrath. Uh, So in other words, we were children of this darkness. So by our very nature, before Jesus, uh, we were in darkness. That was our nature, and we weren't just like a victim of darkness uh, of that. Uh, No, we were a participant. We we were a part of that darkness. And uh, and so when we look at our lives before Jesus, that's what that's what characterized it i think for some of us right now uh, we're, we're like yeah amen to that but he then contrasts that by saying now we are light not in ourselves but in the lord so so he now contrasts that's what you were you were darkness but because of jesus and now in this new nature you're in christ you are light Colossians 1.13, it says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He's rescued us from that. 1 Peter 2.9, I love how it puts it, taken us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It says, because he is light and we are in him, we are light and called to walk as children of light. The phrase fruit of the light describes the result of dwelling in God's light. And because so so God is good and right and true, as his imitators Christians are to replicate that Right so God is 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 good he's righteous he's he's true and we as imitators of him as Christians we are to replicate that so those who walk in light they do good they live righteously or rightly and they speak and their lives are characterized by truth Now the Greek word Paul uses for good refers to moral excellence Okay, And we see goodness uh, throughout Scripture. In 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.15, it says, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. We also see that goodness is a fruit of the spirit. We read about in Galatians 5.22. So we see it's a fruit uh, of light. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's a part of this new nature that we're entered into as we become a Jesus follower. And then we see the second fruit listed here, the fruit of the light, is is righteousness or rightness. And it not not only has to do with the righteousness he gives us, right? We read throughout scripture that he, as we uh, receive him by faith, as he gives us his nature, his righteousness, uh, we see here that this is not only talking about receiving this, but it also has to do with then how we live, how we move forward. Those who are made righteous are commanded to live righteously. Romans 6.13, it says, Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. And as 1 Timothy 6.11 says, we pursue that. We pursue Righteousness. It's really important. Sometimes we get caught up in receiving uh, something, but, re- but remember, when we see uh, all that God gives and blesses us with in this new nature, it is not for you to just take hold of and hold on to uh, and hoard. No, uh, he gives these blessings and gifts to you so that you can be used, so that you can then use it and and, and take that very gift, that very love, uh, the, that very nature, and extend it out to people that need that that need to see that whether they're, they're, they're they've never experienced jesus or just whether they're wounded and they need to see this alive in you the third fruit that we see this fruit of light is is truth and truth has to do with honesty reliability trustworthiness integrity right these are these are all things that are a byproduct of truth one of our core values at ecclesia is to walk in truth and that not only means that that the bible as our source of truth is is our compass is 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 what we're basing you know our our lives off of but also wa- walking in truth also means i'm being i'm living in a way that reflects who I really am. And that's how I also deal with people, right? So walking in truth is is allowing scripture, right? To lead to God, because it is the ultimate source of truth. But that also means that I I deal with other people in a truthful way. And and it also means uh, that I myself um, in I'm living in truth in how I deal with even myself, right? Like like because sometimes we can be dishonest with ourselves. And so I need to be also uh, living in truth, with who I really am, how I see myself, and how I project that onto other people. And when we see uh, those characteristics of truth, the honesty, the reliability, the trustworthiness, the integrity, that is in contrast to what we see um, as far as like what Jesus speaks out against, like hypocritical, uh, you know, nature. When you think about being a hypocrite, what is that? That is deception at its core, right? Pretending to be something you're not whether it's through actions or how you speak. And it's such a dangerous thing. When you think about living in deception, that is in opposition to living in truth. You know, ultimately, where there's life, there's evidence of life. Um, we 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 bought these little uh, wooden raised garden beds and um and and one of the things we're really excited about is to plant some of our own vegetables and and go through that whole process. And we figured it would be kind of easy, right? Because we live in Eugene and in Eugene everything just grows. It's like if you just throw a seed somewhere you feel like it's just going to it's just going to grow. And and we and what has happened is our plants are not looking as green as as we feel they should or what the books should say, uh, how green they should look as well. And so we've just struggled with this. We're like, what's wrong? And and we think some squirrels are attacking our our, our, our vegetables and all this, but, but we're looking at it and we just go, man, are they dead? But but recently we've seen these little tomatoes like starting to sprout out, and, and and we're seeing like little activity. They still don't look very like healthy, but we're seeing some life. See, if there is life, it's visible. Right? Where there's where there's life. There's evidence of life. (laughs) And so if I'm of the light... Things are happening in my life that reflect that life that I'm alive to it that 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 this is happening and 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 so uh, if none of these things like if I read those things and you go man that doesn't really characterize me then then you got to ask are you even really alive to this is there any light right now in your world because uh, when we think about. These things, like our our character, like uh, our our conduct, we, we are called to bring God's light into a dark world. See, the child of light is going to produce the fruit of light. And we help others find their way to Jesus through living as light. Matthew 5, 16, it says in the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory, not to you, but to your father, it says, who is in heaven. Then in verse 10, it says this, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So the Christian life, just as any other kind of life, is only healthy when it's good growing, right? There is no, uh, oh, I'm just kind of hanging out phase. There's no like, oh, I'm neutral, right? No, you're, you're either growing or you're not, okay? That, that, that's essentially what we're talking about. And 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 just as, as anything uh, else that we know is alive, if it's healthy, it's growing. We should be continually trying to discern or learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Okay, that, that should be a common a theme. That every day in your life, you should wrestle through that question. You should think about that question with the major decisions that you're making, you're processing through, your goals, your future, the relationships that you're in, that you're thinking about entering into, the business dealings you're you're working through. Like we we have to continue to ask and discern is this pleasing to the Lord? And the reality is this, if you're a Jesus follower, you may not please everybody. In fact, you won't. You may be be mocked for following Jesus by other people, by family members, by friends. Some may even think you're living in the Stone Age because you believe uh, in the Bible and you live your life off of the principles in the Bible. People make fun of you for that. They'll say, oh, that's old school. That's No, that doesn't apply to today and, and all that. That's not even real uh, and, and, and all of those things. You're going to take some heat for that. But we have to, in spite of all of that, keep coming back to that fundamental question. What will please the Lord? What will please him? Because you can't say you're growing if your growth isn't centered around pleasing him. See, that's incompatible. You can't say that you're growing in your relationship with God if it's not centered around pleasing Him. Okay, like like I want you to think how dysfunctional that view is because you would not say that that view works in any other growing relationship with any other person that you have right now. You would never say that, right? Because by nature, if your relationship is growing with with Further uh, with somebody else, it's bringing joy to the other person. Like that, that's a byproduct of friendship, of intimacy, of growing uh, together. And, and 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 so it's it's crazy to me that we can actually say, "Oh, I'm growing. I'm doing good. I'm growing deeper in my relationship with God." And yet, what characterizes my life is actually so many things that causes him to be upset. It's not pleasing to him. Now, we may check some really cool boxes off, but at the end of the day, we gotta ask, is the growth and the direction of my life, is it pleasing to him? Because those things cannot operate independently from each other. They have to be together. The word used for trying to learn or discern also carries the idea of proving or testing. So as we learn and grow, it gives evidence that we are who we claim to be, which is critical. So that evidence of growth that's going to come out of my life as I'm in Christ, as I'm operating in the light and the fruit of the light starts to come out of my life, that is going to reveal the authenticity of my faith. Verses 11 through 13, it says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. So Paul says something interesting here. He says that believers must not only avoid participating in these things of darkness, these things of sin, these things that are in opposition to God. Not only are we to avoid participating in it, but we're actually called, and this is going to be tough for some of us, we're called to expose it. We're called to expose it. Now, I wanna just stop right there for just one second because the reality is this. You need to remember, because some of us, some of us, this either hits us one of two ways. We either go, oh no, because we never want to uh, confront or some of us, we look at that and we look at these verses as ammunition to go after other people. That is not the point of this passage okay because he's just talked about fruit in your life so this what he's talking about here this comes out of the fruit of your life this does not come out of I want to get this person I'm after that like like no Um, this comes out of fruit in your life and that's important okay Uh, for us to see so as At Jesus Follower, my responsibility goes further than just not participating in sin. The word expose uh, carries the idea of correcting or convincing someone. So walking in the light does not mean avoiding people. (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) It actually means living a holy life and it means confronting darkness. See, when you think about just light, right? Light is made to combat darkness. That's what it is. Like, Like, why do you go into a room and turn on the light switch? What are you hoping to accomplish? You're hoping to get rid of the darkness. You want light, and you know that light uh, gets rid of darkness, right? We have lights, and we have them positioned right where they're at, and we've bought these specific lights uh, to to fit these places where we don't want there to be darkness because we know light removes darkness. And so just as we see that, uh, we need to understand what that means for us if we are called light in Christ. So to, when we think about that in relation to our calling, in relation to the call to go and to expose uh, evil, like we gotta understand right now, to ignore evil is to encourage it. When I'm quiet, I'm actually being complicit. I want you to just think about this as if you're a parent or you've ever been around kids, this, 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 should, this should be very clear for you. <laughs> okay, because I know for me, when my boys, any of them, do are doing something wrong and I'm in the room, you know what they're doing? They're watching me as they do it or attempt to do it. They're trying to sneak something. They're trying to smack their brother. What They're, they're doing that, but they're watching me. And I want you to just think about this for a second. If I look back and I watch them as they do that, and I just, what, what are they receiving there? They're going, Daddy's okay with this, bam, <laughs> right? Daddy's okay with this. I can do. I mean, I can have that. I can rip that down. I can. I can do whatever I want here. Daddy's okay with it, because I'm not saying anything, right? So I'm complicit. I'm. I'm. I'm all right with that. Um, like, like you just need to understand that like, like ignoring is an endorsement. (laughs) Like, like, like that's just, that's important for us to understand because when, uh, when, when my kids are, are doing something wrong, they're awaiting a response and a response is needed. And you know that. Why do we not do this in relation to evil in relation to people? We are to confront sin as Jesus followers with intolerance. Ooh, that's a, that's a nasty word right now to try and throw out there, but I'm gonna throw it out anyway. We are to confront sin with intolerance. You should never be tolerant of sin. It should be intolerant. God is intolerant of that. He wants nothing to do that. There's no business or place in his presence. Okay, Jesus went to the cross. God sent his one and only son to do away with that. And so you need to understand right now that we are called and a byproduct of walking in the light is to be intolerant of sin and not just the sins that you don't struggle with. It's amazing how we can be so intolerant of sins that we don't understand or we don't struggle with, but sins that we see someone else do that we do understand, uh, that that we ourselves struggle with, oh my goodness, like, oh, we don't, you know, um, that's okay. But if it's something we don't understand, oh man, we we call it out. We're so happy to call it out. But if something that I know I struggle with, oh, I don't want to say anything. Oh, I'm okay. That's okay that you do that because I do it. It's not also just uh, the ones that are a bigger deal to you. It's interesting how we have, we've created, and all of us are different. We all have things uh, that are in opposition to God that affect us differently and so there's certain things that that trigger you more than other things and it doesn't mean one is more wrong than the other it just impacts you differently and we have to guard ourselves because what we actually start to do is only address those things because they bother us but there's actually it's exposing a greater problem that this doesn't bother me and it should bother me and so I'm called to address all of these things, not to rate them, not to not like but I'm just called to address it because it's wrong, it's in opposition to who God is. You got to understand, living in obedience to God in even in and of itself is going to be a testimony against wrong. Just by you living it out. See, when those around us see us building up rather than tearing people down, when they hear us talking with purity instead of profanity, when they observe us speaking uh, truthfully rather than deceitfully, uh, when, you know, when they see those things in your life, that in and of itself, that example, it is a rebuke against darkness, against evil. I mean, you think about just simply refusing to participate in, in whether it's a, a dishonest business venture or, or, or a social practice that, 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 that maybe your friends are doing or that people are doing. You think about just like refusing to go along with some of those things without saying anything. It could cost you your job it could cost you a friendship and some of you i know it's cost you a job for some of you i know it's cost it's cost you friends and it wasn't even you just like verbally unleashing or unloading and saying you're wrong and all this you know what it was it was just you choosing not to do that and 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 just because of that they felt that weight and they ended your friendship see dishonesty hates the presence of honesty, even, even when there's no direct confrontation. John chapter 3, and actually 19 and 20 talk about this, but I'll just read verse 20 of John chapter 3, it says, Jesus says this, "...for everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed." And so the reality is this, yes, uh, some people may respond to your actions, but other people are going to see your actions and they're going to be confronted with the reality of what what they're doing and how wrong it is when they see you trying to live rightly and it's going to bother them. It's going to create tension and conflict and they're going to want nothing to do with you because we see not everybody wants the light. In fact, people uh, are in opposition to the light. So a silent based testimony or just action that will only go so far. Failure to speak out against and to oppose evil things is ultimately a failure to obey God. Jesus' followers are to expose these evil ways in in, um, in whatever biblical ways are necessary. Okay, and that's key, that when we're going to address or expose something for what it is, it must be done in a biblical way, out of love. See, the believer is called to expose the darkness in the corrupt places. Like when you even think about our world, uh, you, you know. And I can't think of I, I honestly like when when I start to think of uh, exposing whether it's corruption, uh, whether it's it's just things that are that are so wrong. And and I think of child uh, trafficking and little girls and that enslaved and forced to work and all these horrific things. And and uh, and I was a part of a board in San Diego, uh, a part of a human trafficking, um, board fighting that. And, 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 uh, and I just, I remember hearing stories and, and listening to some of these people that, and some of these kids and some of these girls that have come out of this. And it, there's stories that I just can't even, I can't even allow my mind to go to. It's so evil. How in the world can I not speak against that? how in the world can I just be silent? How in the world can I just turn and pretend that's not happening? And let me bring it home to you because you go, well, Steve, that's so big. Those are such large. Well, we should be a part of, we should be, we we can't just turn our backs on those things because here's the reality. Whenever we say, oh, I'm not going to be a part, that's just like this big thing. Here's the reality. A lot of times that reflects how we deal with the things close to home as well. How we deal with our family, how we deal with our friends, how we deal with other Jesus followers maybe that are around us or even in our church. See, we have to bring the light of justice, exposing shameful, secretive sins and bring the transforming light of the gospel to everyone, including and this is hard, including those who are guilty. So we don't just bring that light to expose what is wrong, but we understand and know that that very light, the light of the gospel, which is the only thing that can repair. You think some of these just sick and twisted situations around our world and and the injustices and everything that are happening. And you think about what can fix that, man. The gospel is the only thing that can, can fix that. And we need to be, we are light bearers. We, are, we represent the gospel and we have to go into that. We have to bring the gospel into these places. We have to speak it out and speak against those things to help bring it to light, to, to create uh, the change that is there um, because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Love that doesn't expose and oppose sin isn't biblical love. Jesus in Matthew 18, 15 through 17 talks about uh, how to confront. And And he's talking about your brothers, your sisters here, or your brother. And he says in Matthew 18, 15 through 17, he says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. And every charge, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Okay, so so he says, you got to go. Go deal with this. Go deal with that person one on one. You go if you if, if 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 one person has wronged you in that way, go and deal with it. Like like Jesus is is, is very clear about this. Like like, it, like let's 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 walk through. Let's confront. Let's expose. Let's reveal what has been done. And if you are a victim of that, um, you know, or or you're seeing that in someone else, go to them. Go to them. Now, remember, you go to them in love. Make sure you know what you're talking about when you go to them. But you gotta understand, like like this is a responsibility of of all of us, if we're a Jesus follower, this is a responsibility and we should be dealing with each other like this and we should also, when we see darkness, whether they're a Jesus follower or not, we should help call that like it is and help and fight for truth, fight to bring the light into that. In 2 Timothy 4.2, he says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort, but listen to what he says, with complete patience and teaching. And I'll just say this. If you're going to go and approach somebody else that you see, whether this they're living in sin, maybe it's something against you, I want you to, to make sure you do this first. First, look at your own heart. Look at your own heart. Look at some of these, look at, you know, make sure you analyze the things that are going on with you first. That always helps bring grace into it. But I also want to say this. Because when you look at yourself, you're going to see that, man, I have a lot of flaws as well. But there also is a reality that you have to be willing to step up and confront and expose, even if your life isn't perfect. And and this is why this is important. I've heard Christians tell me, I don't have it all together. So, who am I to confront them? Well, yeah, I see them doing that and, and that's awful and I can't, but you know what, Steve? I got this problem and, and I'm doing this. So, I mean, who am I? You know, I can't go and approach them because they know I've got all these issues. They got all that I've got all of, of this baggage. And, and, and I listen to that and, and, I, and I'll, I'll typically respond. So, so, let me get this straight. So, because you've got some problems, you're okay with them right now living in a self-destructive way, a way that is literally destroying them and destroying other people. So you're okay with that right now. No, I'm not okay with that. Okay, well, then you need to do something about it. <laughs> but how you go about it is you you—you come at it with love, transparency, and ultimately humility. That's huge. I think so many times, and, and, and for some of us, we've been turned away by church from people coming to us and we felt like they were attacking us or or just judging us on that because it was done like a hammer. It was not done with transparency, with humility. I'll never forget. I was I was I was when I was a youth pastor, I was I was confronting one of my my students and I and and, and literally just like, hey, I, I know this is happening. You shouldn't be doing this. I know that you know better than to do this. And and this this uh, young man said. Steve, I know I've heard about your past. In fact, my dad told me because he he knows what what you used to do. Because I was a youth pastor in the town I, I grew up in, and so people would know. Like if I was, they would know. Like my my dirty laundry. A lot of them. And and so this 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 boy says that back to me. And you know what I said? I didn't say that doesn't matter. You need to get your life ready. Did it? I didn't say that. I said you know what, bub? You're right. You're right. I've made a lot of mistakes and I made mistakes then. I continue to make mistakes. But but you know what? I'm coming to you right now because I love you. And by God's grace, through this conversation, you just may be able to avoid some of the damage, some of the heartache that I know I had to go through to get to this place. And I love you too much to let that happen to you. Tell you what, that was a good conversation. He was responsive. So often, it's not what we say, it's how we say it. And I just wanna tell you, man, if you're a Jesus follower, how you do this is so critical. He calls us to confront And, and and I'll say this, this is something right now that we are failing at. We are so bad at this, and it is such a disservice to God because I, I see so much like passive aggressiveness. We've got so many problems. We've been wronged by all these people, and we won't say anything to them. We won't. We'll just pretend. In fact, we'll be hypocritical with it. We'll pretend that we're okay with them and we're not. We're okay. We know someone's doing something and we'll literally not say anything to them. We'll we'll talk about them. We'll say, hey, you know, so-and-so is doing this. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear what happened with their marriage? Did you see what they did? We'll do that, but we won't go to them. And this is normal. I see this all the time. It breaks my heart. We We also, I mean, I see people like put a general post on social media, and I know them; they know me, and I know that that's actually uh, a shot at someone specific. But they're like, "Oh, this is a general post," and but they're going after somebody. That is not a biblical way to confront someone, or to go to someone, or to point a flaw out in somebody else. That's not right. We are not a we're not handling this in a biblical way, and it's crazy to me. I mean, it's literally like. It's like if you came over to my house and you said, hey, Steve, your kids are playing in the middle of the street. Um, And and we got a little, it's it's pretty busy out front of our house. And and I just said, you know what? They're having fun. They're having fun. It's okay. You know, I don't want to go out there because they may not like me as much if I actually tell them to stop playing in the street. You know, it's a lot easier if they're just in the street because I don't have to deal with them. So let's just talk and hang out. Or I could be like, yeah, they're in the street and they don't even care that it bothers me, but they're out there doing that and they know it hurts me and they just keep doing it. You know, that's crazy, isn't it? That's how some of us right now are living and and dealing with other people who we need to go talk to. We need to go talk to. I want to challenge you with that. I want to challenge you with that. And you need to care enough because that's a brother and sister in Christ. Maybe it's not even a brother and sister in Christ, but maybe by you doing that, they're going to see the light because of how you deal with that. Verse 12, uh, it it, it says, for it is shameful even to speak of some of the things that they do in secret. In secret. Okay, so so some th- some of these works done in secret are too shameful to even mention. Some things are so vile that they should not they should be discussed at in as little detail as possible because even describing them is morally and spiritually dangerous. They should be exposed only to the extent necessary to be rid of it. You can be too graphic in giving too many details to the point where it could cause someone else to stumble and to fall into that very. Thing. and what do we use uh, when we're thinking about exposing or revealing is something evil is it not of God is what they're doing wrong what do we use we use the Bible we use the Bible this is, this is the ultimate test right second Timothy 3:16 all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness. So all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's word. And as children of light, we are to hold everything up to the light of scripture. You know, um, because... They have no windows and are built side by side on narrow streets. Most shops in Middle Eastern uh, cities, they're quite dark inside if you go inside the city or inside the, the actual shop. And so to get a, a good look at something uh, that you wanna purchase, a customer uh, has to go outside a lot of times and, then, and, and, and put it out into the light to see uh, what that item is, like to actually see uh, the color, uh, see the, uh, if there's flaws in it, to see it for what it really is. Because in the light, all of those flaws, those imperfections will be obvious. They'll be revealed. Light illuminates darkness and shows things as they actually are. When sin is revealed, it loses its hiddenness. And is seen for the ugliness it is. And many of us have experienced this when we came to Jesus and we realized the darkness that had been consuming our lives and yet we had been unaware because that was normal. We were living, we were operating in darkness, we were sons of darkness and and, and so that was normal and we didn't realize how crazy it was, how bad it was till we saw the light, till the light of God's word, of God's will, of who God is shown on it and when it illuminated it, we went, oh my goodness. Light reveals God. Light produces fruit, and it exposes sin. It exposes the darkness that's there, that's hiding. It's so important. Verse 14, it says... For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So light transforms unbelievers into the realm of light. And, and, And so what this verse here is talking about is the transforming power of the light. John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Okay, so the disclosure of people's sins enables them to see their sinful actions and some, when they see that, not all, but some, when they see that, they're going to respond to the light and abandon the darkness. And what a powerful thing that is. And then they become light themselves. And so what we see here is, 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 is the transforming power of the light. And it's so incredible. And, and we know that this is true because it's confirmed in these verses, right? Verse 8, listen, that's who you were. You were darkness, but now you are in the light. You are saved. You are, you are in Christ now. And so literally the readers who are reading this, this is them. You were that, but now you're this. So, so you responded. This light has transforming power. That's why we need to go out with it. That's why we need to bring it because it can transform whether it is a Jesus follower who is not doing what they're supposed to do or whether it's just somebody that has no idea who God is. That light that you're bringing, that you're speaking, that you're acting out of, that light can transform someone's life. It can bring salvation. We have to bring that light into the darkness. The last part of verse 14, there is an invitation for those who are not children of light to come to the light. And the words there, you see that quote, it's taken out of Isaiah 60, chapter or Isaiah chapter 60, verse one, and it's showing uh, th- that uh, that's prof- uh, It's showing Isaiah 60, verse one, its prophetic meaning that the glory of the Lord has risen is none other than Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And when it says awake sleeper, it describes the sinner who is asleep in the darkness of sin and unaware of their lost condition. When it says arise from the dead, it's a call to repentance, an appeal to turn away from the dead ways of sin. And then it says Christ will shine on you. And this is the good news that God has provided a remedy for every sinful person who will come to him. Have you ever um, slept through your alarm? and maybe you're pressing snooze, you didn't even realize it, or you just, man, you were so tired, you just totally missed the whole thing. But all of a sudden, as you're as you're laying there, and, and sometimes you're just partially awake, you're in and out, but all of a sudden, something either happens, you hear a noise, or maybe it's just all of a sudden, it's really light out, and you pop up, and you just go, oh my goodness, I'm late. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You were so tired a second ago, but all of a sudden, you are wide awake, and you are sprinting, you are running, you're taking the quickest shower you've ever taken in your life, if that, and then you just getting close on and you're out the door and you are wide awake in a second, in a moment, but you were just in all of this of this sleepiness, in this tiredness, you couldn't get out of bed, you couldn't, you couldn't get that leg out or anything. But in a moment, realizing you had slept through it, realizing that you had probably missed something or were late to something, you were wide awake. (laughs) You had been confronted with the reality that you are not where you need to be. You know what's amazing? When God's word, when his light shines on you and exposes where you're at and when you're in opposition to him, when you're in darkness, when, when your life is, 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 is meaningless, when, when, when it's miserable, when, when it's pointless, when you continue to go from one thing to the next, it's, it's just, honestly, it's darkness. But when God brings his light, it's that moment of awake. It's a moment of of alive, it's a newness of life that you experience. If you have never experienced that, I I wanna invite you to make that decision to make Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. He's so worth it. If you're a Jesus follower, and as I talked about darkness, and as I talked about fruit of the light, you went, man, I think Darkness is the thing that more generally would describe my life, my thoughts, my hearts. Maybe this is that wake up. Get up. Respond. You're supposed to be a children of, we're supposed to be children of light. Bringing light. What an amazing opportunity. Because once again, That is transforming light and God wants to use you. And so I just want to challenge you, whatever's holding you back from that, from living that, from being that, from operating in truth, righteousness, goodness, please deal with that right now. You know, Proverbs 4, 18 sums this all up so well, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. I pray that that describes us, that we will walk pursuing this righteousness, walking in the light of that righteousness and seeing that light just gets brighter and brighter because it does as you walk in the light, as the, as the fruit of the light start manifesting out of you, it just grows, it grows, and you just get brighter and brighter. I pray that we continue to illuminate as a church and that we ourselves individually see this brightness come out of our lives as we interact with our family, our friends, and our coworkers. Amen? Let's pray.